that special order is the most fabulous ever mentioned in any jeweler's book of the Place Vendôme. Boucheron True Stories. August 1928 in Paris. The Place Vendôme was shining under the sun. Louis Boucheron was patiently waiting in his office and he was repeating in his mind all the fantastic rumors he had heard about the special customer who was just about to enter his boutique. The Maharaja of Patiala was a legend. He was only 37 years old, but he had been reigning for 28 years in everything the crown when he was only nine. Everyone agreed that his main interest in life was love. Some said his harem had 500 women. One thing was certain, he had 87 children. His palace in Patiala, the Motibag or Palace of the Pearls, was located right in the middle of an estate of 800 hectares. In a remote part of the garden, the Maharaja was living in the Shishmahal of Palace of Mirrors, with his wives and concubines and servants and children. Judging on the official portrait of the Maharaja, Louis Boucheron knew that he was a very impressive man. He was two meters high, he had a black beard, a moustache, and of course a turban, which he would never remove in public as the Sikh religious laws ordered. He was also very fond of jewelry and was always wearing large ropes of big pearls and a huge antique diamond necklace, which his father had bought in Europe from the estate of Empress Eugenie of France. Patiala was a rather small state, but its Maharaja were extremely rich, in spite of the fact that the dynasty was quite new. It had all started in 1750, when one of the Maharaja's ancestors, Alasingh, had taken over a small estate of about 30 villages in the north of India. During the next century, his descendants had used the constant wars between the Mughal Empire in the east, the Afghan Kingdom in the north, and the Marat Confederation in the south to strengthen their rule and absorb smaller surrounding estates. In 1808, Maharaja Saib Singh had been the first to sign a treaty with the new power in India, the East India Company. After him, all Patiala rulers had honored this alliance with England. Their loyalty during the Sepoy Rebellion of 1857 had been rewarded with very large territories. The size of the Patiala Kingdom and the income of the Maharaja had doubled around that time. Thanks to these additions, the revenue of the Patiala state was 1,400,000 British pounds. Half of it was the private income of the Maharaja, who had 700,000 pounds to spend each year. That made him richer than the King of England, who received only £450,000. The links between the Patiala family and the British royal house were so strong that in 1911, when King George V and Queen Mary had come to India to receive the homage of their Indian subjects, the third Maharani of Patiala, Vimalakor Saiba, had been chosen to present a gift to the Queen, a magnificent necklace of emeralds and diamonds, which the current Queen of England still wears today. As a supreme honor to the Patiala family, the British had agreed that the Maharaja would be greeted on each of his public appearances with a 17-gun salute. Only 10 of the princes at 19 and 21. Of course, there was no question of firing gun salute today on the Place Vendôme, 
because the Maharaja was coming to Boucheron. Not only was this a private visit, but it was a very discreet one. Obviously, the Maharaja was coming to talk about jewelry and maybe place an order. Everyone knew in Paris that he loved the new French Art Deco style. In jewelry, he was a great fan of simple platinum settings showing the precious stones in the best light. He had arrived in Paris a few days earlier and his private secretary had called Louis Boucheron to warn him that his master, the Maharaja of Patiala, would call in the afternoon. Suddenly, Louis Boucheron saw some movements around the main entrance of the Ritz Hotel where the Maharaja was staying. He was there. Around him, about 12 bodyguards were gathering. They were carrying six large metal trunks. The distance between the Ritz and the Boucheron boutique being only 200 meters, it took them about five minutes to cross the Place Vendôme. And the 1,000 knights entered the Boucheron boutique. After some very long salutations, the Maharaja and his metal trunks entered Louis Boucheron's private office. And there, the boxes were opened. Inside, in colored silk scarves, were kept 7,571 diamonds for a total weight of 566 carats, 1,032 enormous emeralds for 7,800 carats, rubies, hundreds of pearls. A few days later, a rumor started running all along the Place Vendôme. The jewels the Maharaja of Patiala had brought to Boucheron were worth 2 billion francs of 1928. Almost a century later, one question remained unanswered. Where did all these stones come from? Of course, the Maharaja of Patiala was rich, but not to that extent. The history of the Patiala dynasty during the Great Sipol Rebellion might give a clue. At the beginning of 1857, thousands of Indian soldiers fighting for the British started a rebellion. They wanted to restore the full power of the Mughal dynasty in Delhi and stop the many abuses of the East India Company in India. After three months of war and massacres on both sides, the rebellion was crushed and Delhi was taken by the British on the 21st of September 1857. The city was sacked during four days. All the treasures kept in the Red Fort, the official residence of the Mughal emperors, were stolen. Very few buildings and people were spared. The last emperor, Muhammad Bahadur Shah, who was 82 years old, was sent into exile in Rangoon with two of his wives and two of his sons. The interesting character in that small family was the first wife, Begum Zinat Mahal. She was much younger than the emperor and she had been the unofficial empress of India during more than 25 years. Bahadur Shah died in 1862, but Zinat Mahal survived her husband until 1886. And during all these years, she kept asking for the return of her fortune and mainly her extraordinary jewelry collection. She never received anything. Her personal palace in Delhi was awarded as a spoil of war to none other than His Highness, the Maharaja of Patiala. He was Bupinder Singh's great-grandfather, and the family still owned the Delhi Palace in 1928. Maybe part of the spoils from the sack of Delhi had arrived at Boucheron on this Thursday of August 1928. On the Maharaja's request, Boucheron managed to create in a very quick time an extraordinary ensemble of 149 pieces of jewelry. 
that special order is the most fabulous ever mentioned in any jeweler's book of the Place Vendôme. Twelve of his jewels were men's jewels created for the Maharaja himself. The most important one was a necklace set with 88 emerald drops for a total weight of 1,225 carats. There was also a collier de chien to be worn with the first necklace. The central stone was an emerald of 132 carats. Three other emeralds weighed 151 carats. Four bracelets were to be worn on the wrist and the shoulder. And five other spectacular necklaces in case His Highness wanted to change his main jewel. All the other jewels were less important and destined to be worn by the Maharaja's 450 wives and concubines. And this is where the mystery surrounding the Patiala Boucheron jewels begins. What happened to them after the Maharaja's death in 1938? No one knows exactly. In the 1940s, his older son and successor, Yadavindra Singh, wore one of the necklaces on a painting. But since, none of the 149 jewels have ever been seen. Maybe they were split between the Maharaja's 86 children, or maybe they sleep somewhere in a safe, waiting to come back to the light. One day. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this Boucheron True Story.